Welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. My daddy. And here he is, ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Jerry Springer. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. But. In fairness, how do how do we know the audience is brilliant? They are. Is there? A, do we have? We ought to have. A, we we test them all before they come in. They yes. all have to go through analysis. See, <laughs> that is not how my regular show is introduced. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> they never say in front of a brilliant studio audience. It's Jerry. No, they, why is that, no. Jerry? Let's look at that. Let's let's not. I still. Think <laughs> I have a couple of years left. A couple on the more contract. years on that contract. Yeah. Oh, I have expenses. People don't. Yeah. I know. You got to pay for By the way, we're, <laughs> we're going to be talking about the first presidential debate, which yeah. happened last night. People who listen live, and listeners listening to the archive, you can listen live. You simply go to jerryspringer.com, click listen live, as well as we're on Facebook Live. Yes. So if you go to the Jerry Springer. Facebook page, click like, then that news feed will come to that'll come to your news feed yeah. daily, and you can see the uh, broadcast live on Facebook Live. So we're going to talk about the presidential debate uh, in a few minutes, and yep. Jerry, we're going to beg yep. you to kind of really wade into that as well. Beg, as, baby, beg. You got it. That's weird. And all, I know. That is weird. And yeah. also, I should say to you, beg, baby. Yeah, yeah. That never happened. That's weird yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> Where have I heard that before? <laughs> if I had a nickel. <laughs> and Daniel Kemish, who is from uh, Portugal, originally from England. No, he's from England okay. and now lives uh, but for working 25, in Portugal. Many years lived oh, in Portugal. He's lived in, yeah. he's lived in Portugal for oh, yeah, 25 yeah. years? Oh. Well, a long time his yeah. fa- uh, because his family moved there uh, most of the time of his life. But anyway, we'll get into that with Daniel. That's coming up. His music is wonderful, original music. We're going to be hearing that. Let me mention something. You know the emails we get the most? There are two areas where we get lots of emails. We get a lot of emails on the Unlimited Mile Project, but I've talked about <laughs> well, that. Yeah, one email. He's got one email. The no. highest number of emails I probably get two or three a week is... <laughs> <laughs> Blowing up the inbox. Holy <laughs> Blowing God. it up. What no. is it, Gene? What is behind the ugly... Curtain ah. at the folk school coffee party. It's not ugly. It's artistic. Well, here's what I was thinking. <laughs> it's I, a I shower. Would do. I'm gonna I'm gonna get up and pull the curtain back. You guys describe it. Because okay. Okay. Not everybody. Well, this can. is great. This is this is live, folks. Look at that curtain. Uh, really? What is behind what's, what's there? Behind? I'm a, oh, it's a stationary tub <laughs> <laughs> and a mop. Oh wait, someone's taking a shower. <laughs> so that, <laughs> it is. It's a shower. <laughs> it's a tub. And a Huh, how what about is it that? called? A slop sink. A slop sink. Okay. There's <laughs> a slop sink. There's not even a shower in there. I thought there was a shower. What me? No. Yeah. It's a sink. That's why they put the curtain there, though. Yeah. <laughs> this is a minute of our life. We're never going to get back. <laughs> Listen, if people are Just writing emails, like answer the sink. question. You know, they, yeah. they were wondering. Hey, uh, by the way, last week, you talked about your Bentley, the car that you own, your Bentley, and you were the one that said, and I thought it was a pretty interesting comment. You said, what's the difference between nope. a Bentley and a porcupine and nope. a porcupine Gene, and the you? pricks are all on the outside? My brother, my brother was... Jim heard that. He called oh. me. 
Oh. He, and he didn't think it was so funny because my brother Jim. What God kind of card him, does he have? There's the point. You know this because you've met him. He has yes. not made a lot of money in his life, as my brother Jerry and I have. Yeah. And Jim, <laughs> the very lucrative Jim, lifestyle. That... even has to work on his own car. So he went into a part shop the other day. And he said to the guy, do you have a gas cap for a Kia? And the guy said, well, actually, that's a fair trade. (laughs) (laughs) I like that one. It's like the fix it again, Tony. You do good good with car jokes. (laughs) Look at you go. Yeah, you do good car jokes. You You know what? What? We're heard in England. Oh, yeah. Yes, we, we are. We just re-signed with them. It's actually very yes, cool. Yes, with Talk Radio. That's very in, cool. In England, it is. And um, every Saturday night, they run our podcast as a radio well, show. I, I think that's cool. brilliant. I, I love it. Well, Absolutely see, that's what I was going to ask oh. Megan if she would go <laughs> yes. British on us. And, I'd go British And Daniel Kemish is from Britain. Yes. A little bit later. And I was born there. And you, you were know, born and I there. I can still talk like this every once Well, if you would like to offend an entire nation, you can. <laughs> Let's not do that anymore. Oh. Problem is, we all, which I told the audience before, you know, we all get our British accent from Dick Van Dyke no. and Mary Poppins. That was so bad. <laughs> he was bad in it, and you doing it was bad. I do a bad Dick Van Dyke. It's really impressively horrible. Oh, yeah, but when I, well, I'll tell you why I don't have a British accent, because when I came to America, I was five, and for the first two or three years, in the first grade, and on, well, I was several years in the first grade, but the kids would beat me up. Because you talk silly. I, yes. <laughs> and because I dress silly. Because mom oh, dressed, right. she dressed me in this blue suit. Aww. Because in England at that time, you didn't wear long pants until you were like 16. Right. Boys didn't. So Turn I, of the century was a rough Yeah, time. so I went to school in New York with my blue shorts, a jacket, a bow tie, a beret, and knee socks. Aww. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, the kids beat the crap out of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow they got... So you think I'm going to talk with a British accent again? Nope. It it took time. We should do a show in which you speak British. Only it's still English is the thing. It is still. Well, I understand. (laughs) They would argue. You're right. They would argue they're the only country that speaks English. That's true. We speak American English. (laughs) Oh yeah. Um, If you get some action on, because I know you use, and we talked about this, uh, and, and we don't. We don't judge it because I think if, if we were your age, single, we'd all be doing the same thing, which is online dating. <laughs> yeah, and she does it we're while we're doing the show. She does it in real time. I, so if there is yes, somebody who you swipe left or right, which way are you swiping? Left is bad. Because you're right on Farm good. Girl, aren't you? I'm a f- or no, you're on, not Christian Mingle, you're on <laughs> eHarmony. Farmer's Daughter. Is that what you use eHarmony? Da- it's Farmer's Only, and I'm not oh, on it. <laughs> yeah, you're not on it. <laughs> it's it's Christian uh, Mingle, I'm not on that. E-Harmony. Hey, what's Bumble? <laughs> Bumble is actually pretty cool, and I'm not on that, but it's um, run by the women that worked that used to work for Tinder. They mm. went and started their own app, and it's essentially, it's like female run. Like, you have to, the women have, the women have to make the first move. Mm. You have to talk to the guy first. The guy has 24 hours to respond. If he doesn't, like, he's gone forever. You can't oh, ever see his profile again. That's it's, what happened to me. It's, it's ex- <laughs> <laughs> that explains why you're not getting the phone calls. No. Um, <laughs> No, it's actually pretty cool. But I'm not. I'm not on Bumble, but um, we know Bumble? about it. We just talked about it. Oh, that's yeah. <laughs> is, is there they a dating service? Wow! Oh my god! Oh Holy my god! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why don't we do a podcast? Do we? Should we do a podcast? Let's do one. Hey, <laughs> this went off the rails. I didn't realize girl. that was Bumble. Oh, Clearly. okay, that is. That so, was... what about J date? What about J date? You could meet someone like me. I, 
certainly could. Someone who's <laughs> old Jewish and doesn't remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My mother would be so proud. So, uh, Dr. Howard but Dean, I would, I do, yes. former yeah. uh, chairman of the National Democratic, the Democratic Party, National Party, uh, came out today saying, and he out-trumped Trump, because, you know, Trump is famous for saying, well, I'm not saying that Hillary has a brain tumor, but, you know, there are a lot of people who say that. So that's what Howard Dean did today and came out and said, I'm not saying he has a cocaine habit, but there are people who say that's why he was doing all of that sniffing. And by the way, I saw on Fox News of all places, they recorded, they pulled out clips every time he did it. And I was watching the thing and taking notes because we do a podcast on this stuff, and I'm like, what is going on? Yeah, but... uh and I disagree with Howard, uh, Dean, for bringing it up. In other words, that's something Trump would do yeah. to Hillary. If there is an issue at any point, responsible people will find out about it and then we'll deal with it. But I don't think in the middle of a presidential campaign with all the real reasons not to vote for Donald Trump, I don't want to start throwing out. I mean, that sounds to me like a conspiracy theory or whatever, you know, we don't need to be doing that. And and when I saw, I'm just telling you what I felt. I'm sure there are a lot of people that disagree with me, but what I felt when I saw Howard Dean suddenly on television talking about this, I said, you used to be chairman of the party. Come on. We don't need to be talking about that kind of stuff. And because I don't want to take attention away for the very real reasons Donald Trump should not be elected president. And I don't care if he never touched a drink or a drug in his life. And I don't think he does drink. He shouldn't be president of the United States because of his views and because of the, you know, his, I think, bigoted positions on race and et cetera. So I, I you know, so I, I was uncomfortable with that. I don't think we need to go there. You know, that's the kind of thing that gets going on social media. And, you know, and I think it has, to that extent, corrupted the political process because we spend half of these campaigns talking about issues that don't have to do with the future of the country. That's the problem with it. Look, obviously, if he had a problem, we're going to find out about it. But we don't need to have the former chairman of the Democratic Party stand up and say, and he says it just like you said, Gene, just the way that Trump would say it. He was saying, well, I'm, you know, I'm not saying because I don't think as a doctor you can make an analysis uh, or prognosis over the television. And then he goes on and does it, you know, and he is a doctor. So he, he should have left it alone, I think. Well, it's interesting, and, and we're going to ask you, Jerry, to kind of dig in on the presidential debate last night and talk about before we do, I wanted to ask you to do one thing. I think Hillary beat the hell out of that drug addict. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, I'm just no, I love I'm just, it. No, I'm just... <laughs> I'm anxious that we continue to work towards setting the world record for how many times you can tell a joke. You were telling me I'm you not saw a it. This joke. isn't a joke. Well, yeah, what Where is that gentleman? The older gentleman? He's right back there in the corner. Is he back there? Yeah, well, here he is. He just waved yeah. to you. And he's a, I'll talk a little bit louder. He was wearing a hearing aid. Right. Really? And I just hate as it came in. No, I'm serious. And he told me, that, Jerry, this is the finest hearing aid money can buy. And I said, yeah, what kind is it? He said, four o'clock. I'm going to punch you. <laughs> I'm going to punch you in your nose. How does that get a laugh every time? <laughs> I don't know. You guys are yeah, here it's a crew. every week. <laughs> It's the paid people. It's the paid people who laugh. The guy yeah. that didn't know it was Bumble. <laughs> <laughs> I swear. Uh, I dude, Bumble and Bumble, isn't that like a, a thing? 
How do you a know product? that? It's a very expensive hair product. That's why well, you know that. that right? yeah. My bad. Of course, yeah. that's how you know it. No, it's Duh. a very good hair yeah, hairline. It, it comes with uh, every Gulfstream. Yeah, to just get a lifetime <laughs> supply of bubble, bubble. <laughs> when I get on the plane. Uh, Here you go, sir. Because you don't want to fly with your hair messy. No. Yeah. Dear Lord. Well, why don't you get some windows for the plane? But anyway, uh, <laughs> Megan. Uh, <laughs> Unhinged. Jerry, <laughs> you were unhinged. Yeah. <laughs> what did you? <laughs> Let's all try to do that. See how many snorts and sniffs. We do. What was he doing? Hey, I mean, by the way, he is not likable. No. You know, in politics, connectability is a maybe yeah. 60, 70 percent of the issue. Likability. I don't think Donald Trump. I mean, I'm, I'm for Hillary for a thousand reasons, so I'm not even close to, you know, like looking, saying, oh, I dig the guy, so I'll... He's, there's nothing likeable, likeable about him in, in terms of what he projected. And my God, his enemy last night was split-screen television technology. Mm-hmm. And he should have known better. He's made his living in... Well, late, lately is living in television. And how does he not know that when you're on television for 90 minutes then the camera's always on you always. to stop making faces to stop you know to stop falling asleep to stop. he really looked like he was wearing out it towards the end i mean talk about stamina he's the one that kind of after the first 20 minutes he was pretty solid i didn't agree with his positions but he it was a solid performance mm-hmm. and i said oh boy this could be trouble for us and and then he just uh, he, he became unhinged. He really did. It mm-hmm. was. So what? It, what's your analysis? Well, Dig into it a little bit okay. on the uh, debate generally. Well, it was a different debate because the two people debating had different goals. Hillary's goal simply was the whole country knows she's, you know, she's incredibly smart, totally knowledgeable you know, probably the brightest person ever to run for president who hasn't already been president. Everyone knows that. But what she had to do was excite the base because the fact is there are more Democrats in America than Republicans if everybody votes. So she really has to get the Democrats to come out and vote. If the Democrats come out and vote, looking at the electoral map, she wins the presidency. So that's her goal. And be liberal because that's the base of the Democratic Party. In other words, don't just be there, be there for health care, you know, be there for education, be there for uh, early childhood education, all those kind of social issues that liberals, you know, really, we liberals really believe in. That's where she should go. And she did. And she was solid. She met her challenge. Trump's challenge was totally different. And Trump's challenge was not unlike Ronald Reagan's in 1980. If you remember in 1980, Jimmy Carter, who was the incumbent, was way down in the polls. People weren't crazy about Jimmy Carter because of the oil embargo, because of the hostages being held in Iran. It was every day bad news about Jimmy Carter. In fact, the major news anchor back in 1980 was Walter Cronkite. And he used to end every nightly broadcast by saying, that's the way it is. This the 13th of December, 1979 or 80 or whatever. The 423rd day that the hostages have been 
held in Iran. In other words, he would end every broadcast by telling you how many days it's been since President Carter couldn't get our hostages freed. Can you imagine today the media doing that? The, the, the Republican Party would go crazy. But Cronkite did that every single night. So Carter in the polls was, you know, was in terrible shape. Disapproval ratings, amazing. But America knew that they didn't like Carter, but they didn't yet know whether they could trust this B-movie actor, Ronald Reagan, bedtime with Bonzo, and he was considered a real right-winger at the time, whether or not they could trust him with a finger on the button, not unlike the concerns we have for Donald Trump. So that whole first debate, the only question was not how Carter would do. Everybody knew Carter. They either liked him or didn't like him, but he was the known entity. He didn't even have to show up. The question was, America would now look at Ronald Reagan and see, is he this crazy guy that's going to blow up the world? He's going to get those commies, because that's how he built his reputation, anti-communist? Or is he a rational person? And Ronald Reagan, to his credit, came across as your uncle. Very warm, very engaging, seemed reasonable, not positions we liked necessarily, but... And as soon as people saw that he wasn't going to blow up the world, the very next day, boom, Reagan runs ahead of Carter in the polls and went on to win in a landslide. That's the importance of that first debate in 1980. This was the same thing this year. There are a lot of people that just don't like Hillary, but they know she's smart. They, they already know their feelings about Hillary. What has kept this race close is that, well, maybe they don't like Hillary, but Trump's crazy. And they had to see, and remember, with 100 million people watching through various medium, with all those people watching, most of the people were really watching Trump for the first time. I mean, they all heard about the jokes and the one-liners that they see a clip on the news. But unless you're a political groupie, you've never really sat there and didn't personally go to a rally. You never really sat there and listened to Trump. This was 90 minutes where he had to stand up there. So America looked at Trump, and the only thing this debate was about was... Could Trump keep it together? Did he look like a president? And I don't mean just physically look like a president, but did he have the command of the issues, the knowledge, the reasonableness? Or was he this buffoon and, you know, this crazy guy just yelling and insulting everybody? And unbelievably, he went back to being the Trump that most of us know. He just became unhinged. He had a good first 20 minutes, and then he became crazy. I mean, just started rambling about things, you know, that had, you know, you bring up Rosie O'Donnell in the debate for president of the United States, leader of the free world? I mean, can you imagine being a Trump advisor and, or Roger Ailes, and you're sitting there, you're going, oh, my God, someone pull the plug, cut the cord. So, and that's what happened. He failed the test he had to pass. Now, does that mean the election's over? No. In today's world of the social media, every day is a new universe. What it did do 
is at least it stopped the trend. It stopped the bleeding of the Clinton campaign. You know, he was getting closer and closer in the polls and some polls even going ahead. So that slide, I think, stopped last night. So that's the best news for Hillary is that, whoa, okay, people got to look at him and now we can, you know, move on with those issues. That, I think, is the major takeaway. Also, Trump, there really is something wrong with him. I mean, it, you, you don't want to be extreme in saying there's some mental issue or there's some psychological issue, but his view of women, I mean, it's, it's crazy. I mean, even today, the, the day after the debate, he goes on Fox Morning News and starts ripping again on the Miss Universe winner of a few years ago when he said she's too hefty, she's put on too much weight, and starts ins- she's an 18-year-old girl and starts insulting her. And the girl went on to have an eating disorder, and she, you know, she's done interviews on that, and he just berates her. He does. He calls women pigs, fat, you know, just, just horrible things. And just no, no sense of decorum, no sense of decency. And I don't know how he can fix that. So I think the independent voters, which he needs, remember, Hillary can win with the base, and obviously a few more votes. But the real problem for Trump is he can't just win with white working-class men. There are not enough of them. The demographics of the country has changed. So he's got to be able to get suburban women, too, not to mention minorities. And yeah, first ask the question about race, and his answer is law and order. <laughs> is that how we improve? I'm not saying we don't have a crime problem, but I thought the question had to do with how do we improve racial relations. Yeah. And stop and frisk. We'll add and that st- to it. Oh. And stop and frisk. Yeah. yeah. African-American people love that one. Yeah. But the best. The best. This was another time when Roger Ailes and all his people must have just wanted to grab Trump by the neck when he was a landlord and he had that lawsuit back in 73 of not renting to African-Americans. And by the way, he never denied it. He just said other people got sued, too. And we we settled. But then to show that he's really a good guy on race, he says, by the way, I have this hotel in Palm Beach. What? And he said it was a tough area. It, it's, and yeah. <laughs> Palm, Palm Beach. Even I can't afford to live there. <laughs> and they have either two or three African Americans living there. Or maybe they're just passing through. But his club is open to African Americans. Oh, if you have $250,000. But it's open. And that was his example of, he says, ask them. They really like me. Get both of them on the is phone. He, is he seven years old? I mean, it's just unbelievable. Why does any serious person think he can be president of the United States? It's not a serious discussion. That's why I keep saying this election isn't about Hillary or Trump. It's about us.
Don't be walking around saying, oh, lesser two evils, who to pick? No, no, no. We know the difference between the two, and it's going to be on us. We will pay the consequences of it. We're not going to be able to say to a kid's generation, well, we didn't know. We know. It's on us. When you talk about presidential debates, you often end up talking about optics. Hillary, did she not look relaxed? She smiled. She laughed. Her facial expressions didn't give anything away. Trump, on the other hand, was scowling and face all twisted. But here was another thing. He made fun a lot in the primary debates of Marco Rubio for when he did the response to the State of the Union and drank water repeatedly and did it even during the debates. Did anybody else notice that yeah. Donald Trump went to the water glass? The first time he did it, he had to reach down low to get it. Yeah. So you knew that you know, it was very noticeable. Yep. And he kept going to the water, going to the water. And I was watching that after he's implied that Hillary doesn't have stamina, has physical problems. As soon as he went down, I thought, I'm going to watch to see if she drinks water at all. I, she did not one time. I know. And then ended up not looking dehydrated on top of it. I was screaming at the television set because <laughs> I had this line event. I wanted to get to. Him. At some point, after a few times of doing that, Hillary should have just turned to him and says, three more times you tie Rubio. Oh, that would have been a great line. There would have been stunned oh, silence, been and then suddenly everyone would have understood, and it would have lit up. Oh, You're just three she... behind Rubio, and that is. You should have been there for that one, Jerry, because that would have been. I could have been a contender. That could have been that quick. That really would have been oh, it would have classic. Been. Oh. I love it. <laughs> hey, you know, one other thing. Uh, do you think you, there's been a lot of hits on Obamacare in the last three or four months? Because uh, there's some things going on with insurance companies and right. games are being played. Uh, and Obamacare has given health care to, what, 20 million people or so that didn't have it, some yes. large number of millions. And I wonder if, before this election is over, if, like in the next debate or the third debate, he really comes at her, and this is not something she would pull out of nowhere. She'd have to give this thought previously to say, you know what? elect me and we're going to go Medicare for all single payer. If you want to get millennials and Sanders people jacked up, that would go a long way to do it. And frankly, I think it's where we're going to end up having yeah. to go to fulfill the promise of health, universal health care. We should and have done it. what she talked about when they called it Hillary care. Exactly. So I and wish she would do that. I, I hope so, and I think that is where it ultimately ends up. We said all along. And, and Number when, six, Megan, that's all. <laughs> and this is Ludlow Water, too. Excuse me. This is good water. What? His name is Josh. Wait a second. Josh. Yeah, wait a You're second. You're talking to a guy right now Man. on Farm Boy or something? It's not Farm Boy. Well, I don't know. No, it's, it's Moskowitz. It's <laughs> J-Date. It's J-Date. Megan. Josh Moskowitz. Dead serious. Are you talking to somebody yeah, right now? I am. Really? Could Get him on the phone. Megan, have right. him. Wait a second. Write your phone number down. We don't want to give this out. All right. And by the way, this is the kind, the kind me, of guy that your uncle thinks you should be dating is a guy that's willing to come on a live podcast yeah. and make his pitch to us. <laughs> oh, for crying out loud. To well. get to you, he's got to come through us. That's true. What? All right. I'm suddenly a pimp? All right. 
<laughs> Megan, please text him and did. say. I just said if you're, you're willing, on the air right now. It, yeah, Jerry Springer podcast heard yeah. live. Could Jerry Springer. Leave a stat. Yeah, he knew. He knew. Like I told him about the podcast. Oh, what he was said, doing? Because yeah. if you just suddenly said no, you're no, on I the just suddenly said, said you're going to be on air the guy if you want to call. Take his life. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to get a. Where phone did things number. go wrong? This is good. See, this is using this podcast for good. Yeah. This is different from your TV of live show. Radio. <laughs> hey, by the way, uh, and we're going to hear from uh, Daniel Kemish here in, in just a second. I want to send some props out. You know, in my uh, professional life, my whole career, I worked in public education. You had a job, urban, urban, urban high school Actually, education. You did. It was my my passion. So, you know, this uh, protest that's going on and growing across America uh, started by Kaepernick, who is quarterback for the 49ers. So now it's spreading. Who would have thought, by the way, that one guy yeah. uh, taking a knee is what he did, as I recall, yes. during the national anthem to make yeah. a statement not against America and the men and women who fought for this country, who we all honor, all of us, and he does too. To get racial justice, because we're not quite there yet. Made great strides, not quite there yet. So check this out. Withrow High School. I spent my life at a place called Hughes High School, most of my years. Urban High School. Withrow High School, where my wife graduated, by the way, has over the years become wonderful, but an urban high school. Its entire football team's African-American. Yeah. They played a game two Fridays nights ago at a white suburban school probably mostly white, if not all white. Ooh. And they did a protest. Uh, four or five players did it. Last week at another suburban, predominantly, vastly predominantly Caucasian high school, the entire team but three joined the protest. It was raised fists, uh, all very disciplined, no disrespect. They faced I think the flag, but they didn't uh, pledge right. or put their hands over their hearts. Their Caucasian football coach stood near them with his hand over his heart as they protest. In other words, he didn't join them. Yeah. And the fact that he's white is yeah. probably neither here nor there. The kids love him. and he's. Yeah. Uh, but he said, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do this, and he didn't. The Cincinnati Public Schools put out a PR statement and I was very proud of them because I, I teach school PR uh, as an adjunct professor in Xavier. Cincinnati Xavier University. And I love what they did. They put out a statement that respected the kids, made the point, no repercussions, no punishment. And they have a right to do that anytime they choose. And I thought, that's actually kind that's of That's very progressive. Even in that, 2016, yeah. that's a respectful and legally correct position for them to take. Um, we're, and so, I, anyway, I just want to bring attention to that. We um, may be having trouble with the phone connection, so we may move this to the next podcast. Oh. And you know what? That's a test of that fellow. If, he's, <laughs> if he wants to... Uh, he said he's called twice and got David's voicemail. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Always calling that yeah, number. How many get... times have we used that excuse? Well, I called, but it went right to... All right, so anyway. Hey, let's bring in uh, Daniel Hemish, who is our... Uh, performer of the evening, and as Daniel's coming in to set up, let me tell you a couple things about him. He performs, obviously, around the world. He was born in England at a young age, moved to Most people southern are. Portugal, <laughs> and is uh, traveling around America busking. If you don't know what that is, busking is performing 
Uh, people pay, but it's voluntary. You put a hat out, you put some container out, people throw some money in. Yeah. He's uh, here at the Folk School Coffee Parlor, and this place is a kind of a headquarters for traveling troubadours, of which yes. one is uh, Daniel. And so, Daniel, welcome to the podcast, first of all. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, you've got to, you've got to work on that accent. No, his is good, Jer. His is good. Well, good day, Bruce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's, let's hear a song, and we're going to chat. Yeah, let's do a too. song first. All right. Okay, so this is a song off the, off the new record. I'm blue and I kick a heart as he chased me out of town. It's a bag on my back and the saddle's packed. The finest need moonshine. I get up high to the highest ridge and I go down low to the river below. I do anything to get them off my back. They chased me down to Jackson and across the Delta Plains. I swore them blind it were my stuff in the town the door run dry. Price in my head from a captured death. No one ever let out a breath. Everybody likes drinking town. Cause I'm a finest need moonshiner in the mid north and the west. There's a lot of others like me, but they all know I'm the best. I got a real good neck to turn your water into whiskey. We all know we won't ever make it to that. Called me Memphis, made it for the light. They threw me in the slammer where well, they read me on my right. I swore them blind were my stuff. Someone had set me up for this, but you can tell that the judge in three days' time. So I sat there behind the bars, trying to plan my getaway. They'd stash the pack and the back from my back in the corner of the room. If only I could reach them Bust right out of here Blow a hole right there through that wall Cause I'm the finest name in China In the mid north and the west There's a lot of others like me But they all know I'm the best I got a real good knack to turn your water into whiskey We all know it won't ever make it that Cause I'm the finest name in China in the mid north and the west There's a lot of others like me, but they all know I'm the best I got a real good knack to turn your water into whiskey We all know it won't ever make it to that Oh, we all know it won't ever make it to that Oh, we all know it won't ever make it to that Whoa! Yeah! Yes! That's a good song. That is great. And that's from, uh, it's Daniel Kremish, by the way. Kremish, from Krem- sorry. Kremish. Kemish. Kemish, Kemish, Kemish. English, pardon. it's English, pardon. apparently. Pardon. Well, I don't know, it's uh, not German. And, and, yeah, right. Yeah, a Bob's, and, uh, Bob sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Janine. And uh, your, your latest record is Fools and Money, correct? Fools and Money, yep. And uh, t- people can hear your music how? Do you have a website or f- social media? Yeah, I've got a... Pretty much all of the all the standard stuff. Website, um, it's just DanielChemish.com, Facebook, Twitter, 
Um, it's on iTunes, on Spotify, all those sort of websites. I'd listen um, to him read a dictionary. I love your voice. <laughs> yeah. It's fantastic. Do we have one here? I know. <laughs> <laughs> Start with the A. Start with the A. Apple. Start with A. <laughs> and Daniel's story is pretty interesting. This winter, you're headed for Austria, correct? Yeah, yeah correct. Uh, you're a, you've done mountaineering, technical climbing, mountain trekking, all of that, correct? Yeah, before I was a, a professional at losing money, I was, uh, <laughs> I was working as, a, as an outdoor instructor, in, well, in England mainly, but worked out in France as well for various years, um, raft guiding, kayaking, anything that was a bit dangerous and had potential to kill myself, it was great. Yeah, yeah, well, that makes sense. <laughs> Um, well, coming here is as dangerous as you can get. I've, so I've heard. Would you do a second song for us? I would do, yes. I'd love to. This is, a, uh, this is a song called Trouble Girl. It's actually, I think, probably a little bit about you. Uh-oh. Ooh. It's about oh. those uh, Were those you the girls. one making those calls? <laughs> <laughs> but those ones that go out on a, on a Friday night just to confuse us men as much as they possibly can. You know exactly who you are as well. Yeah. On speed, cruising down the interstate, loaded gun, there's fire in my soul, staring up the road at the speed of sound, and I'm slowing down for anyone. She's a joker in a 52 car trick, face is high, when I've only got two points. Color green on the spinning wheel You got the chips on the red and black And no turning back Should take it downtown Should go further than you want Maybe uptown Should break the rules once in a while Or she's in trouble Or she's trouble She's a trouble girl Rounds, break the new boys in. It's just a game. She'll take you in the end. You might not know it, but she'll show it. It's a house in your family to know it. She's a loaded gun. She's ace is high. She'll break the rules before she's even tried. Should take you downtown Should go further than you want Maybe uptown Should break the rules once in a while She's trouble She's trouble Should take you downtown Should go further than you want Maybe uptown Should break the rules once in a while She's trouble girl
Daniel Chemish, you can hear him at danielchemish.com or through a lot of social media. Anywhere in the, in the next month or so that we should tell people about in the U.S.? Uh, yeah, so I head up to, uh, head up to um, well, New York State tomorrow. Um, is it Rochester, I think? Yes. Yeah, so I'm yes. up in Rochester for the next couple of days. Then I head back down south of Toledo. And then I'm down in, uh, where am I then? Nash, head down to Nashville. I'm in Atlanta on the 13th. Um, a few other places around. I'm currently well, booking last minute shows as well. So, would you do uh, Irene Goodnight? And uh, you have a fellow UK guy here, and I don't mean University of Kentucky, the yeah. United Kingdom. Yeah. Uh, I tell you what, why don't we sing it in Portuguese? Yeah. Yeah, because I've practiced that one. Yeah. <laughs> How many wow. languages do you speak? I speak fluently Portuguese and English, and then I speak a little bit of French, a little bit of German. Um, Mainly the essentials, sort of how to order a beer and yeah. say thank you very much. I'm always yeah. amazed whenever so I've it. traveled through Europe how many languages people speak. It's, it's uncommon to speak one language. Really? Yeah, I mean, I do, a lot of, I do a lot of stuff in English. I mean, and it comes to when you're booking as well. And booking in Europe is so hard because you're, you're working with so many different languages. And the French don't like the English, so that never helps. I tell yeah. them I'm Portuguese. Um, they don't actually, they don't really like anyone, to be fair, though. Yeah. But um, <laughs> but I mean it's it's kind of yeah. hard when you when you when you when you're working in lots of languages and you go from one country and it's got yeah. a completely different way of life to another country. I mean Spain they go to bed at three o'clock in the morning and get up and then sleep for three hours in the afternoon. France just shuts up at six o'clock in the evening and that's it until well yeah Monday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had the same. I, I remember when I the first time I went to Germany actually because my parents spoke German. I didn't, but I learned some phrases. And first time I went to Germany, I had a, I got off the train and I had a, well, I had to go to the men's room and I couldn't think of the word for, which is toiletto. Yeah, so I just said it's machsen meine Hosen, which means I'm making my pants. And and the conductor showed me. It's not unlike in Italy, actually, where it happened again. Yeah. <laughs> You're saying you soiled yourself? <laughs> I, I didn't know how to say soiled. <laughs> no. Actually, that is a, a, a true story. I did. I had to go. So I did say that to the conductor, and he uh-huh. kind of looked at me like, but was, he did show me what this kid. <laughs> Daniel, I apologize for sorry, that. Sorry, <laughs> Daniel. We've, we've, all, we've yeah. all been there. I'm sorry you had to be here. Ich machst in meine Hosen. Yeah? Natürlich. I think your German is very good. Yes, yeah. Oh, this is English that needs work. <laughs> I didn't understand it, but it sounded right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, would you take us out on uh, Lead Belly's Good Night, Irene? Jerry Springer will join you, a fellow yeah. oh, right. Brit. Okay, let's hit it now, you know? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. Last Saturday night, I got married Me and my wife settled down Now me and my wife, we are parting So I take a stroll through town I ring goodnight And I ring goodnight Good night, Irene. Good night, Irene. I'll see you in.
England, Jerry Springer. Hey, sometimes I live in the country. Sometimes I live in town. Sometimes I take a great notion to jump in the Jolly River and run. Irene, good night. Irene, good night. Good night, Irene, good night, Irene. See you in my dream. You've been listening to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, recorded live at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song and to you for listening. Check out our website at jerryspringer.com. Y'all come back now, yeah?